Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. This week in our Women in Tech segment, I will be talking with Heather Dorn. Raised in Las Vegas, Heather moved to the Northwest and graduated from the University of Puget Sound. Upon graduation, she started her career in the casino industry, managing casino events and slot marketing for MGM resorts for nearly 10 years. Eight years ago, she relocated back to the Seattle area, working for Microsoft across partner marketing, inside sales, and now business applications. Heather's roles have included leading community strategy, experience marketing, branding, partner engagement, and compete strategy. Currently, she is the global lead for experience marketing and compete strategy for the cloud marketing business applications team. In her spare time, Heather enjoys traveling with her husband and five-year-old daughter, playing cello, volunteering with youth and family charities, and listening to True Crime Podcast. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you. Me too. Um, So let's begin. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Absolutely. Um, It's a career path that I never honestly thought would ever happen. It's not even something I aspired to be in or an industry that I thought was attainable for me. So um, thrilled that I stumbled upon it and um, certainly has become a passion for me. And it began about eight years ago. Um, I'm coming up on almost eight years in January being in the tech sector um, and how I came upon the opportunity really just uh, resulted from life circumstances where my husband got relocated um, with his career and we moved to the Seattle area. I obviously was then eager to um, look for work. I connected with um, an old friend and an old colleague from a different state that I used to live in who was at the time consulting with Microsoft uh, and for Microsoft on Microsoft's largest partner event. At the time, it was called the Worldwide Partner Conference. And just as we all know, it's easier to find jobs when you know someone. And that's kind of what my circumstance ended up being. Mm -hmm. And I fell into uh, initially a consulting role, consulting on the Worldwide Partner Conference uh, with some previous um, event experience uh, that I had. And um, so it was a wonderful foray into tech. Um, It was a lot all at once. I'll never forget my first six months that Mm -hmm. were just like, literally drinking from a fire hose. We use that term, but I just, it was like swim fast, don't fail. Um, how can I keep my my head above water? And um, I'm so grateful for that experience because mm-hmm. also um, being uh, immersed into the partner ecosystem, particularly at Microsoft, which is uh, hundreds of thousands of partners and having that opportunity to connect with true entrepreneurs. It was just an amazing opportunity to then quickly learn about so many different segments and verticals and channels related to the tech industry. So that's how it began. 
Wow, that was really drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> that was just a lot of information for a large organization just jumping in with both feet into a whole new area. So kudos to you just, you know, for having that uh, perseverance and tenacity to just stick with it and um, continue. Um, did you always know that technology was, you know, somewhere in you, or did it really start to spark after you started at Microsoft? Exactly. No, I, I definitely did not have the spark. I, I had some preconceived notions and some, some, you know, I think coming from a completely different industry, and I came from the hospitality sector. Um, I always had again these these notions that well the tech industry is for like really smart people and mm. you know i am one that is the first person to say i am a female that has had self self-doubt i am a female that has struggled with um you know trying to kind of how do i put up a front or how do i fake it till i make it instead of actually having that confidence to say actually i'm owning it and i i am i am successful and i can do this you know and so it, throughout my career and even in tech um i have you know struggled with i think those um personality conflicts um and and how we struggle to be successful and show up as our authentic self in the workplace and so along those same lines if as an outsider looking in i always thought i'm not smart enough to be in tech i i don't have the credentials or street cred to work in tech that's not someplace i can work um i have an interesting story though real quick related mm -hmm. to that which is even before my transition to Seattle happened, I had a foreshadowing moment where I was uh, working in the hospitality industry. I was with a colleague. We were out at lunch and it was interesting. This was six months before I joined Microsoft and we were at lunch and she was telling me about her brother-in-law who worked at Microsoft and mm -hmm. he worked in the cloud business. And I said, wow, that's kind of amazing. And um. And, you know, fast forward, I then learned that I'm moving to Seattle. I'm talking to her again. And I said, do you think you could connect me with your brother-in-law since I happen to be moving to Seattle? I had a phone call with him. He talked about being in the cloud business. And I said, do you ever think someone like me could ever work at Microsoft mm -hmm. or could ever work at tech? And he said something I'll never forget, which is absolutely you can do this. And just to hear from somebody who I admired, who was so much more senior, who was, you know, Harvard grad, like to say, have for have him have confidence in me after one phone call really kind of put the energy in my myself and something else that I'm a big proponent of is telling the universe what you want. Mm -hmm. It sounds so cliche. You hear people like Maria Shriver and Oprah Winfrey say these things, but I'm such a proponent of it. And so as I was house shopping in Seattle, getting ready to move here, no job in sight, I saw the Microsoft office on Bellevue Way in Bellevue, Washington. My sister and I were going in there to have lunch and, um, and I looked up at the sign above the elevator and it said Microsoft. And it makes me kind of want to tear up because oh. at the time I, I told myself, I want to work there. Mm -hmm. And I turned to my sister and I said, I'm going to work there one day. And it, you know, I visualized it. It, it. it took months. 
It was a visualization. It was a moment. I shared it with somebody that I confided in and trusted, and I said it out loud. And um, the world works in amazing ways, but it, it helped, I think, to manifest the idea that I could do it. Um, so it's funny how little pebbles along the way can result in the big splash, the big moment. That's yeah, that's such a great story. And I, too, believe very much in manifesting and believing, you know, in what you want, because that's how you get there. And um, it's such a great story. I, I'm just like, you know, I got goosebumps listening to it. That's great. Um, so, you know, we know technology is a very male dominated world. Um, do you feel that women have the same opportunities as men in this world? I think when you see it, you believe it. And uh, again, another um, euphemism that other people use, but I, I swallow those words because I, I know for myself, if I don't see a woman doing it, I do have like that doubt, or at least I question, what are the barriers that are blocking a woman from achieving that particular function or role? And so I, I love to consume information and, um, you know, whether it be through social media or magazines or news articles, you know, about women breaking through barriers. I think it's a really powerful thing. And I think all women need to be proponents of that every Everywhere. You know, just talking to my daughter, who's five years old the, this week, um, her best friend at school, his name is James, and all summer long, he was in baseball camp. And my daughter said to me, I really, really, really want to play baseball. And I want to play baseball when I grow up. And I said, well, you can play t-ball and we can play softball. And, you know, let's see if we can find some other opportunities for you. And she goes, but why is that different from me being able to play baseball? Mm. And it's like one of those things that I, how do I answer that? Like, I'm not sure I know the answer other than to say you can and then have my own self-doubt because I know I've already boundaries up. Like, where are the female professional baseball players? That's right. And That's right. Um, and so, you know, going back to your question, yes, we can. But mm -hmm. yes, we will is more the message because it's, it's still yet to come in so many where areas. There are still so many boundaries for women. It's important we champion those all the time, everywhere. It is heartbreaking to tell young children still there are those barriers up and still there are not those opportunities and not enough opportunities. And so every day we've got to fight for that. But also to say every day we also have to lift each other up. Mm -hmm. And um I am so grateful and so lucky to work um, every single day side by side with my friend and mentor, Katie Quigley, um, who has been my manager at Microsoft twice in two different jobs um, over the course of six and a half years. And um, she always lifts me up every day. My chain of command at Microsoft um, is all women. So my manager is a woman, my manager's manager is a woman, and my CVP is a woman. Wow. So um, so grateful, all working women, all mothers others, people I admire, people that I can aspire to be like, and everybody should have those opportunities to see that manifested before them. Um, so, you know, I think there's so much work to be done and we have to help each other. And when I see, you know, other teams, not the one that I work on, but other teams that I work with where you do see 
you don't see women lifting up other women or you see mm-hmm. barriers or blockers being put into place. You know, the term uh, mean girls or, you know, some of these terminologies or antidotes that are out there, I see them being real in certain mm-hmm. pockets and in certain places. And um, we as women just really um, have to help each other, but also going beyond that, we have to help underrepresented groups, no matter what they are or where they're at, whether mm-hmm. they be people of color, whether they be marginalized communities of whatever ever, ever type. Um, I recently added, um, and not to go too far down a tangent here, Jennifer, but I'm just excited about this topic because I recently added a couple things to my signature line, um, if I may, just for mm-hmm. one minute about Absolutely. how we help each other and how we create inclusion, um, which is um, I added a little icon that said advocate for all. And that means that every day when I sign a signature to my email that I'm going to advocate for those who may be underrepresented or who um, whose voice may not be as loud as others. And so I loved that because it's a reminder not only to myself, but it's telling others that I will advocate for them. And the second um, ad that I made to my signature line was um, I use she and her pronouns. So I put that sentence into my signature line. And one of um, the first day that I added that, I ended up sending a quick email to my husband at work. And, you know, it was just, it happened to auto-populate my signature into my email. And I just sent him a little note about, you know, hey, can you go do this for me? <laughs> can you run this errand? Can you pick up something mm-hmm. from the grocery store? And my husband wrote me back. And he said, what does that mean? Mm. And I realized, oh my goodness, in my own home, in my own house, even though this is all in my head all the time, whoa, I have work to do. Mm-hmm. And so guess what our conversation was at the dining room table? Um, honey, let me talk to you about inclusion. Let me mm-hmm. talk to you about people who have different gender identities or who have different pronouns that they want to be used about themselves. Sure, we are aware and we see things on the news or we read articles in the magazine, but sometimes we forget that we're not actually talking about it in our own homes at our own dining room tables. And it was so important also for my five-year-old daughter to hear that conversation, for my husband to have an aha moment. And for my husband to be able to see something manifested, which is I'm taking a step, even though, um, you know, it is uh, I'm of a of a um, I am somebody who is, you know, female and I perpetuate that those pronouns and I am average and typical in that way. But it is important for me to also have awareness that others, you know, have different opinions and have different ways that they want to be seen by the world. And so um, it was just a reminder to me about that. I love that. I love those um, signature items. And now I have to think about how I want to change mine because uh, not only does it remind you, it also um, sends a message, right? That everybody should do this, not just you. And so that's, that's, Awesome. I love it. Um, I also really liked when you said, um, you know, we need to see it to believe it. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of work with um, STEM and girls ages 8 to 13. And really, a lot of times they don't have that visualization of what a career in tech looks like. And so we continuously interview and take them to places that they can actually see it in action so that they can inspire uh, aspire to to do that type of a job and i think we haven't done that you know well in the early ages of their growth that um 
they don't visualize. Yeah, I had spoken to my daughter's uh, college uh, group, uh, which is a women in business group, and asked them about technology careers and not one hand went up. And I thought, wow, you know, it is too late at this point. You know, we really need to build a pipeline early on. And I think we are behind on that. We really need to do a lot of work to um, to get that there. And I think what your daughter said is just mind blowing to me. It's so true. You know, there are careers, there are sports just for boys, you know, and why why couldn't she play baseball? She could play baseball. Um, so I love, love, love those analogies. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a woman yourself in technology, can you share some of the challenges that you see or face? And then how did you overcome them? Gosh, so many challenges that I see and um, and that I'm facing even today. Gosh, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's every day, all day. I mean, I, I hate to, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer because I'm not, that's mm-hmm. not my personality, but I will say when we talk about this topic, um, it can sometimes just be, it can be deflating um, mm-hmm. because I feel like the battle is always being fought. Um, so some things that I have experienced, um, but overcome um, is really, it's is number one that I am always a work in progress. And I think, you know, to be speak frankly, um, as a woman in tech, um, one of the things that I have seen and been challenged by myself, but have overcome um, has been around even the Me Too movement that we've seen over the last 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think tech has been impacted by that. Um, I will tell you that in um, over the course of my 15 year career or so, um, I have worked in different environments and with different people, and there have been moments when I have experienced my own sexual harassment, very blatant, very poignant, particularly Mm -hmm. in my 20s. Um, And um, I did nothing about it because I wanted to protect my career. I um, let it go. I wanted to move forward, and I felt like, you know what, I've got to adapt to this boys club. I've got to adapt. I've got to use whatever I have in whatever ways in order to move my career forward. And I'm not going to jeopardize that. And I'm not going to speak up and I'm not going to create waves. I'm going to be a good girl. I'm going to be a yes girl. Mm-hmm. That's a challenge in and of itself. But as I've uh, grown in maturity and confidence, but also I think as the evolution of our own culture and in the tech culture has evolved and it's continuing to evolve. And I don't think the Me Too movement is over by any stretch of the imagination. I think it is just a beginning. It's a spark. And um, and so I had um, an incident happen about a year ago Um and there's been so much, so many of these. My my story is not unique in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I want to be more open and talk about it because I want people to feel comfortable um, talking about their own stories too. And again, um, I don't think mine even reaches the cusp of some really, really serious situations, but it's just one example, right, of what are the challenges you face in tech? Well, I had an incident a year ago happen at an event that I was managing and running where we had a uh, a man come into one of our sessions and he wasn't wearing his badge. We all wear badges when we go to these mm-hmm. events. And security asked him multiple times, we need to scan your badge. Okay, it's a simple request. We're all used to that. This person did not 
do that. He barged his way into a session. He stood in the back of the room and security called me and said, we have kind of this incident going on. Do you want me, do you want to meet me up at the session room? Yeah, sure. Lo and behold, um, it turns out that this was a pretty senior leader. Um, I had pulled him aside. I, I didn't know who he was, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, hi, you know, hey, my name's Heather Dorman. I'm, I'm uh, managing the event. Uh, you're, you've come into here, but you don't have your badge. And he became irate. He became livid. He was screaming at me. He was attacking mm -hmm. me. I even had security with me while mm -hmm. this was happening. And it manifested for eight to 10 minutes. And wow. this man was red and he was beat and I was shaking and I was startled and I felt fear. Mm -hmm. And um, I eventually just walked away from the situation because I thought, you know what, security's here. They need to manage him. Right. I, I right. have not asked for anything unreasonable. I have asked some very basic questions. I wanted to find out who is this person that has barged their way into a session room. I'm sorry that you are fairly senior, but I don't actually know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not my fault. Um, it's how this person reacted that was at fault. Mm -hmm. You know, long story short, um, you know, nobody should ever be in those situations where they're uncomfortable, they feel fear, they feel like this person um, has so much anger at them that they're like, whoa, I'm, this is taking me off guard um, and I'm uncomfortable. You know, that should not be anything anybody should face. And to be able to have resources to go to, to just talk about it, I was very shaken up by it. Um, when people approached me afterwards, even six weeks after the incident happened, I felt like I wanted to come to tears, mm -hmm. which tells me that I was bottling up something that in an interaction that really was hurtful and bothersome and uncomfortable. And, you know, Microsoft has been working through its own, um, uh, own processes and ways to deal with these situations. And I think we continue to make inroads there. We continue as an organization to make progress there. Um, but those are challenges that I think people across the spectrum in tech face day in and day out um, is how do we make our culture and our workplace um, an environment that everyone feels comfortable and feels safe to come to work every day to do their very, very best work. And that is just to me, that is basic, that is baseline, that is foundational to how we need to create um, these environments. And sure, there needs to be accommodations in place uh, for people with special needs. There needs to be accommodations in place for anyone. And we just need to create that environment. Um, and I think the processes piece is something that not all tech organizations have necessarily thought thought about and in our leadership here at Microsoft has even been transparent to say, hey, we have work to do and we are going to work on it. And um, and that's powerful in and of itself is taking the first step, admitting that we all have work to do um, to push that forward. But that's that is the thing that's top of mind for me when you ask me about what are the challenges we face. And I and I think it is foundational. So true, so true. And I think um, our listeners can definitely benefit because this is probably going through so many women's minds um, as they listen to this this podcast and, and stories to speak up, to really, you know, make sure that you are not treated in that way for any reason. It is not okay to do that. And we sh that should be just a simple rule that people treat each other with respect 
and you know not having somebody scream on the top of their lungs when you're standing right next to them. So uh, thank you for sharing that story, and I know our listeners will definitely benefit from um, hearing stories like this to know that they're not alone and we need to have confidence to speak up. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. So, you know, women have a lot of advantages in the boardroom, um, in organizations. What are some of the advantages that you think we can bring to the table as women um, to grow more women in this technology field? Yeah, there, um, I think you're right about that. And I think they are innate qualities. um, And I don't want to speak, you know, for everyone, but I Mm -hmm. will speak a little bit in generalities here. Mm -hmm. Um, And even there are some stereotypes that I think ring true. um, But I do want to just recognize that. But, you know, that that women can bring empathy to um, to the to the team and organizational culture in in many circumstances. Women know how to read read a room. Um, And again, I don't want to be so gender specific, but I think that there are certainly these qualities that you know we can read a room uh we can have empathy really mm-hmm. can relate in many ways you look at data and statistics around um how what the mind share of work a woman takes up in her capacity um, from both a working professional standpoint, but also a home life standpoint. I recently read a study that documented um, how women, particularly those with families, um, how the mind share of work is um, so much greater than her partners um, from a, you know, thinking about your task list of groceries and laundry and what needs to be done around the house and what do we have to get done? And then topping on top of that, the workload um, that um, we all take on. And it made me, you know, think about, you know, that there is, um, that is something positive that we bring, I think, to the workplace, which is capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, the capacity kind of take on multiple challenges, the ability to multitask. There are studies out there, um, again, speaking in generalities, um, that compare men and the way that their minds work uh, in a way that I, I summarize as a dresser drawer, and they are able to compartmentalize certain things and put it in these various drawers. Mm-hmm. And whereas if you analyze a woman's brain, it's very intertwined. It's kind of like a roller coaster and it's very intertangled. And some of the studies that I've read around this kind of manifest this to, you know, again, generalities, but men uh, having to have it very organized and black and white in some ways. And um, just, you know, it's got to be very uh, method oriented, whereas for women, 
um, the ability to be able to multitask and uh, consume a lot of different kinds of information at once and just be able to noodle on that and then bring sense of it. Um, those are some benefits that can absolutely make its way into the boardroom, make its way into a workplace. Um, and I think we need to be able to be given the time and space to bring those qualities in their authentic and true form mm -hmm. to the table. So many times if a woman is speaking emotionally or identifying emotions at the table or identifying emotions in a room, um, that can be seen or reflected upon in a negative way, but actually we need to bring light to that, that that is a positive that actually can actually bring levity to a situation. It can bring realism to a situation and it can allow others in the room to be their authentic selves as well. Um, I work for a manager um, who, um, who leads with um, an insight of show me that you care. I care about feelings and I care about other people's feelings. That's an insight that my manager leads with. Um, conversely, my uh, insight that I lead with is is an ins more of an inspirational insight. I like to inspire others and I like to be inspired by others. So just to give some context. And I think we need to be hiring more people uh, with an insight characteristic of the caring, the empathy, the listening, um, because we do need more of that in the workplace. And a lot of women lead with that characteristic. So how do we make sure that that's valued? How do we make sure that that's a pillar of strength? And how do we allow that to manifest itself in its authentic way so that others around the table can feel more open um, to show up in, in ways that not necessarily are uh, give us your best self, show up with your A-type personality, put up the big front, um, and be who you who we think you should be rather than who you are, how you are feeling today, or how, um, or, or ways that, again, are more authentic. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, in our um, company, I also, you know, in our mission and values, we have a we care approach. And that really makes a difference because, you know, like I said, we deal with technology, we deal with the human element, things can happen. But if we didn't care, we wouldn't take it that seriously. And we take all of that very seriously because that empathy, I think, you know, from top down comes through to our customers and to our employees. So uh, a lot of really good qualities to balance out what male, males bring to the table because theirs is also very... Uh, there are advantages to their qualities as well. So bringing them together and uh, creating that balance within an organization really, um, you know, increases bottom line profits, increases productivity, increases just com company morale. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it is about just breaking down barriers. Um, I mean, Jen, you're very good at that, of being your authentic self, of, of showing up in a very genuine and caring and nurturing way. But how many women do we know that, um, you know, put up a big front and it's mm -hmm. hard to kind of see past that. And I, I know I've been in many situations where, you know, behind closed doors, you're with a colleague and you're like, gosh, I just wish, um, I wish I knew what she was really like. Mm -hmm. I wish I knew how she was when she leaves here because I actually think I would really like that side of her. Mm -hmm. I've had those conversations with friends and colleagues I work with and, um, you know, 
I once worked for a CVP when I worked in the inside sales organization who always just talked about authenticity and being your authentic self. And, you know, when you can admit your failures, can you, you can admit when you're wrong, um, especially for leaders, gosh, doesn't it just make you someone that you want to follow? Doesn't it just make them to yes. be someone you want to follow? Absolutely. That you feel like, wow, okay, they're real. Yeah, see, authenticity and then vulnerability. Um, you know, I've been reading some of Brene Brown's uh, yes. vulnerability um, yes. books, and they are just yes. phenomenal because yes. that's how we connect. That's how yes. we can connect with each other and know, like you said, we have to lift each other up. And if we're your authentic self, we all make mistakes. We all are who we are. Uh, but if you have, you know, your values and your caring and your empathy in the right places, everything is good. I, I'm all about it. And it, it's something I'm working on. It's something I'm growing beyond. It's something I'm testing my own self to see where, how com comfortable or confident am I to share more or share with others. And um, I will overshare here on this call with you because I hope it'll help others, which mm -hmm. is, um, you know, I recently did a Instagram post on my Instagram and I hashtagged it, make your mess, your message. And I mm -hmm. stole that from Robin, Robin Roberts from ABC, good morning, America. I follow her on Instagram and she does these really inspirational social, um, messages. So if you want to add her, I recommend I it to will. the listeners. Um, because she's, she's all about kind of making your mess, your message. Well, I, I've had four miscarriages in the last 18 months and I went to go have surgery and I was getting a lot of uh, messages from colleagues of like, Heather, where are you? Why aren't you answering this email? Um, you know, I will have an out of office message on, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's this workplace culture. We talk about tech challenges. Well, mm -hmm. one of the tech challenges is always this expectation of being always on. Right? Uh, right. So here I'm out in surgery. I'm getting these emails from people of, ah, you know, it's like, I have an out of office on, why aren't you respecting my out of office? And so I, I finally said, you know what, I'm going to go and post this on my social media that mm -hmm. I'm in surgery. Here's a picture. Here's why. And then I hashtagged it, make your mess, your message, because you know what I said? Um, all right, I'm feeling confident to overshare. I'm feeling confident to now just let people know where I'm truly am. So that mm -hmm. maybe I'll stop emailing me, but also, <laughs> um, to also show up more authentic. And again, yeah. that's not for everybody. And I respect that tremendously, but it was my way of kind of, okay, I'm going to just put myself out there now. And you wouldn't believe how many people reach out to me privately and share mm -hmm. their own personal stories and put personal testimony of overcoming their own challenges. And let me tell you, it's, it's making bridges. It's relationships. And these are colleagues. These are people I work with there and they're people that are, have been acquaintances that now I have a common bond with and that now we can go forth and I think have just stronger, better relationships. That's amazing. Good for you. I think, you know, um, that's something I strive to do, you know, continuously and it's still a work in progress because, you know, you have to kind of know your audience and sometimes you feel when can you be authentic and when can you not, you know, but, yes. um, right. but I try to just be myself all the time. And then if somebody doesn't like it, well, 
what can I do? Too bad. Yes. <laughs> that's who I am. And you are um, great at that. And yeah, I think um, I think that's that's certainly something that we're challenged with in the tech. Mm-hmm. In the tech absolutely. Industry. Absolutely. And that always on is a whole different conversation that we can have oh, yes. for yes. another show. Um, so what advice would you, you're such a successful, very impressive woman and very smart, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've known you for a few years yeah. and just, uh, you know, love all that you do and all that you represent because uh, I learn from you every day. Oh, and um, yeah. And so what, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in technology? How can you build their confidence that they can do this? I love that question because um, I think it's something no matter at what level you're at in, in your career, no matter where you're at in your life cycle of career, I think you can always hear this, which is just don't give up. Um, there are so many ebbs and flows, so many ups and downs um, with your career in general, but even in tech, I think tech is one of the most taxing industries you can work in. I talked about just previously, the always on mentality. We are always on our devices. We are answering emails constantly when we're on vacation. It is a cultural phenomenon in the tech sector. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do believe more so than other industries. I do do believe that I've worked in two other industries besides tech. My husband works in a totally different industry. I, I have never seen the level of intensity, the level of momentum, the level of pressure outside of probably working in a hospital, which I always say, thank goodness I don't work in a hospital, mm-hmm. but the always on, always having to be responsive, that level of pressure. Um, and I will say that um, there are times in my career, I'll be transparent. I don't think I'm at, I'm where I want to be yet. And I don't think I have gotten to where I want to be as fast as I would have liked. And I think that resonates with a lot of people and how people mm-hmm. feel. Um, I often look at peers or other colleagues and I always say, well, how did they get there and how come I feel I'm feeling held back? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? I mean, there's just so many, much self-doubt that can happen at any point in your career. And, you know, I think the where I'm, where I'm at and what I would pass along is I think there have been a couple moments in my career where I gave up too soon or I got burned out too soon and I said, I've just got to move out on. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm in perseverance mode. Right now I am in um, in it for the long haul mode. That's where my mentality or my mindset is. I'm in a mindset of I will not give up. I will not let this this cave me. I will not just say, oh, I'm going to go try something new or I'm going to go into another role. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep down this path. I'm going to see what I can earn here um, and what I can achieve with what I have today. That's my new mindset. And that's um, great advice for, you know, women because you can get discouraged and it's easy to get discouraged when you push so hard and you give everything you have, but really to be perseverance, to have perseverance and just continue down the path, I think um, can, can lead to so much success. And sometimes we stop right before we can get there. Exactly. I think so too. And I think that's what I've learned. Um, And, um, 
so I'm trying something different, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying, you know, whenever I've, I've had, a, I've had two other moments in my career where I felt like I experienced severe burnout. Mm-hmm. And in both of those moments, I, I just said, I've got to go look for my next opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I did. I looked for my next opportunity. I jumped ship. I went and did something different. And I 100% recognize and support people who are in that true critical burnout mode that is affecting your health, first and foremost, or mm-hmm. your family. You have got to make those changes. And I support that. I'm not in that place yet, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not in a health situation and I'm not in a family situation. Um, I'm more in a, oh my gosh, this is a really a taxing, taxing um, state that I'm in mm-hmm. in my role right now. And, but I'm in perseverance mode and I'm kind of just huddling down and saying, you know what, let's see if I, let's see what what's next with what I have. And um, yeah, yeah. And no. some, some of that balance has to come from you too. You know, yes. we, we, I know your type A personality, you give it everything you've got, same way for me, but we have to learn to balance it and, you know, not be on 24-7 and not um, always be there for everybody and everything so that we don't burn out as fast. We don't, you know, we can't light the candle on both ends and, and still come out ahead. It doesn't work. You need to take care of you, number one, first, and then, you know, balance it out so that you don't get that burnout and you have that perseverance to run the marathon. Absolutely. And lean on your mentors, mm-hmm. lean on your coaches, lean on your, what I love to say, and again, I stole this from somebody else, lean on your board of advisors, your community mm-hmm. of people that surround you when you're in those moments. I had a great call this week with, with my mentor mm-hmm. um, that that brought me back to reality and, you know, sparked some excitement for me. I had a great call with my best friend you know, to just mm-hmm. say, hey, let's have a girl talk and we get on the phone. She lives in a different city and we drink our red wine over FaceTime mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just have our virtual date. And I think we all need that. And I think we just need to continue to um, just remember that there are people and resources out there. You just have to take advantage of them. That's great. So in closing, Heather, what three words would your friends use to describe you? Yeah, I, I love <laughs> this because it's about having a little bit of self-awareness mm-hmm. and perception. And the um, the first word I would say is grit. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a gritty person. I am one of those people that is just like, ain't nobody going to hold me down, mm-hmm. um, is the type of, of, of person that I have from my own life experiences. So I would say grit has grit. Um, the second one that I would say is um, they would definitely say I'm determined. So determined to me is the vision. Grit is the work. Um, and then finally, I think they would say I am fun. Um, I love, you know, to just kind of let loose. Um, I love to be able to say, gosh, we put in the work. We worked hard. Now it's time to play hard. Um, and so for me, that's usually, you know, how do we get out on the dance floor? How do we just truly let loose a little bit and have some fun? Awesome. I would, I would agree with all three of those words. Um, since I've known you, but I'd also um, add that I think you're very kind, you're very grateful, um, and just an amazing person. So um, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. This was fun. I love it. Thank you again. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners. Make it a great one. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.